Hello, and welcome to Six Figure Authors, the show that helps you take your writing career to the next level. I'm Lindsay Baroker, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Joe Lalo. And I'm Andrea Pearson. And today we're going to be talking about whether or not you need to pay for advertising these days as an author and what to do if you feel you need to advertise, but you don't have the money for it. And we'll also talk a little bit about how much we spend, where we buy ads, and we'll finish up by answering some of the your questions on the subject that we snagged from the Facebook group. So thank you. People submitted a lot of questions. I think we've got a few down and we may end up doing a part two or something because there were a lot of good questions and some of them we even know the answers to. And some of them will uh, BS the hard way through it because that's how we roll here. Uh, before we jump into the main subject, Andrea, do you have any good news to share with us or, or news at all? Maybe not good news. It, it is Andrea <laughs> who always has an issue for Andrea. I was going to say good news. I found my lights. So look, that's my light right there. And then right over here. So I won't look blue as the night goes on. <laughs> so that's good news. Um, uh, but my surgery got scheduled for the 20th, five days before Josh's wedding. I'm not happy about that, but um, I haven't done a whole lot of book-related stuff recently. We've been working on a lot of DIY stuff and unpacking packing and getting settled in just basically so that we can be ready for um, um, ready for my surgery and not have a lot of loose ends and boxes everywhere still, which there are still boxes everywhere. But but like we've uh, a bunch of our DIY pro- projects have been a lot of really fun. Like we spray painted our countertops that was a lot of fun. <laughs> like, like the cabinet, the countertops before were just so ugly, just like this yellowy, brownie tan, like just like, it just looks like somebody vomited all over them. And it, no matter how clean they are, they look dirty. No matter how clear they are, they look cluttered. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. They, they turned out really great. The re- end result, if anybody wants to see pictures, you can post, you can ask me in the Facebook group and I will post. Um, but yeah, we're, we are laying vinyl planking in the kitchen. That's what I was doing all day today. So my fingertips are all bruised now from, you know, cutting and measuring and prying into place. And anyway, so I'm waiting for one of my narrator to get fixes done and then I'll have another audiobook to upload. And I'm super excited about that. It's been a lot of fun having this project to work on this whole narration thingy. As for me, um, I'm hoping to get book three of my new epic fantasy. It's called The Greater Land Saga, wrapped up and sent out to the editor. Again, I have an editing slot in early October, and I'm almost 80,000 words into a book that I had intended to be 100,000. So as long as I don't go wildly over length, then I'm going to have this thing finished up in a few days, and I'll be able to do a nice long revision to make sure that it's nice. Uh, I'm doing something weird with this one. I was having some trouble staying focused. I, it's an epic, so there's at least three uh, points of view. And I, what I normally do is just have them lined up and break it up into chapters and write it the way that it will be read. But in this case, I decided to halfway through just finish writing one point of view and then go through and finish writing the other points of view. And that will make it a little bit more difficult to line up the uh, events. But as long as I, I put in some wiggle room where you know travel time is concerned so things can line up better... So I think uh, we'll see how well that goes. And uh, as for, um, I got a, I got a message from my my cover guy. I've been having a really hard time scheduling cover uh, lately. For some reason, all of my artists have been super busy, and I had the good luck of having my cover guy contact me just as I hit the three quarters mark on this book. So I might actually get this thing released, you know, within a few weeks of uh, the edit. I was afraid it was going to creep over into next year, which would have. Not been the terrible, but it wouldn't have been ideal. So, again, as long as I don't screw up uh, and go too far over, then I'm right on track with my year's releases, which 
It's probably the first time in three years that I can say that. I have definitely also done that with many POV books. You start writing one storyline and you're just super into that storyline. And you sort of, meanwhile, back at the ranch, you just leave that until like this later. <laughs> and yeah, it can make it challenging lining things up for sure. I've, I've had that experience, but I don't know. Sometimes you kind of, it's, it's a little easier. I find to stick with the story and keep going instead of jumping around. So I think that's understandable. And uh, Andrea, I have watched many, many episodes of the Home and Garden Everything, everything on the Home and Garden channel, and I have not seen spray painting countertops on any of them. So clearly, you're doing something unique and stylish that will. You should probably have a uh, TikTok channel talking about it. it could be your new thing. Oh, TikTok! I would do one video, and then I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for my news, uh, nothing too big. I'm getting ready. I'm actually on a road trip. You can, if you're watching the video and wondering why there's actually decorations on the wall that are not dragons, um, I'm on the road, but, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to put up for pre-order the first two, I don't even know what you call them, contemporary fantasy stories with witches and werewolves. I started out calling them like witch cozies or werewolf cozies, which is not even a thing, but they're not, they're only, there's a little bit of a mystery. Uh, so these were not written to market, needless to say. So we'll see how they do. These were just, I needed a break this summer from the heavier epic fantasy. To, I mean, all three of these together add up to the word count of book two in my epic fantasy series. So they were, they were a nice refresher and I didn't invest a lot of time or money in them. So if they don't do tremendously well, that's fine. If they do tremendously well on very inexpensive covers, that will be an it figures moment. <laughs> Whereas, uh, here's the uh, expensive epic fantasy covers and editing because they're so long. So we shall see. Uh, also, I am finally releasing an audiobook bundle of my very first uh, series, The Emperor's Edge. This was kind of a whack series because I started with one narrator she did three books and then she got busy with life and then i switched to another narrator who i've now used for a lot of stuff and it always bothered me that mid-series switch only rarely would the fans say something about it but it bothered me <laughs> so now i had her re paid a fortune so hopefully these will uh, pan out because these are not short books had her re-record the first three uh the so i have the same narrator all the way through and i'm gonna for the first time uh going through acx self-publishing have a three book bundle to lead off an audiobook series. So I'm going to see how it does because that's been pretty effective uh, on the series I have with Podium, uh, especially in my Dragon Blood series. And I, wouldn't it be great if ACX or came up and said, hey, we want to include your new bundle in our Audible Plus subscription service now? I say, wouldn't that be great? Because that made a huge difference in sales, sell through to the rest of that series and earnings, even with me just getting a cut from the publisher instead of uh, getting everything. So I would, I would love that opportunity, but we'll see. I haven't really heard of them approaching any indie authors yet and saying, Hey, we want to put your stuff in there. Or if they do, I'm not sure they ask, <laughs> they ask permission, but uh, we'll see. They could take mine without permission. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, before we jump into the advertising, the main topic, I actually was going on uh, Dave Tresson's blog because we're going to have him on the show here in a few weeks. And he had a pretty recent article on does Amazon give preferential treatment to new books? And I, I thought it was worth, I grabbed out a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to make Joe read 
<laughs> just because <laughs> that's kind of damn having. Uh, Joe volunteered nicely to read uh, some quotes from it. And of course, we'll link to the article in the show notes so you can check it out. But it does kind of play into how your ad- advertising strategy, what you might want to adopt. So hopefully you'll find it somewhat interesting and I'll hand it over to Joe. Okie dokie. I do not promise a superior read, merely that uh, I will I will provide relief in this case. Okay. So for years, authors have speculated as to whether or not Amazon gives preferential treatment to new books. Some authors, after seeing their sales plummet weeks or months after launch, point to this as a sign that they have hit an unseen Amazon cliff, while others claim that this is merely a book uh, a post-book launch strategy effect where after you're done employing your strongest book strategies, there's only natural sales. It's only natural for sales to drop. So this leaves the question, do new books get preferential treatment from Amazon? And if so, what does this look like and what can we do to counter it? He basically did an experiment with uh, uh, 100 books plus 100 plus books using the scraper slash crawler tool he has. Uh, and Okay. Sorry, that was my aside. That was my aside when I thought I was going to be reading it. But yeah, this was was just uh, Dave did an experiment and he gathers all kinds of data because he does publisher Rocket. And so he actually can go out and scrape and get the actual data from Amazon. So that was just me pointing that out that he wasn't pulling these numbers out of thin air. I use that, by the way. It's one of the, it's one of the only like official post tools that I actually picked up and, and get some good use out of. Uh, all right. So as we learned in the uh, popularity effect experiment, another of his experiments with data from Amazon, uh, when you show Amazon increased consistent sales and relevant popularity, Amazon starts to put you in more keywords and thus shows your book more often. We took this a step further and analyzed whether or not the age of a book affects this. Do new books get better traction with Amazon or is it just a product of a marketing push and that's it? The results. Number one, new books do get a noticeable bump in Amazon's attention or popularity and do show up more often for key- for more keywords and better rankings over older books with similar sales. I'm calling this bump in sales or for newer books, the honeymoon factor. Number two, the level of significance in the honeymoon factor varied greatly between different books. So I can't say there is a generic number like a 20% boost for all new books. Number three, those books that appeared to have a solid launch plan and brought in lots of traffic slash sales received an even stronger nonlinear response by Amazon in, in increasing its popularity throughout the website. Thus, a larger honeymoon factor was at play. This, in turn, caused more sales and on and on it continued until a point was reached. Four, in most cases, there was a noticeable drop at some point in the number of keywords a book ranked for, even though the sales didn't decrease as much or as proportionately. This looks like when the honeymoon factor was removed, considering there was no noticeable reason for it. After the drop through, after the drop through sales, after the drop through sales followed the number which would be because the lower amount of times the book showed up in Amazon after the removal of the honeymoon factor. Number five, books that showed consistent strong sales during their launch received a longer period of the honeymoon factor, which is basically a longer honeymoon period, ooh la la, than other books that didn't. And do you want to fill in your thoughts here? Sure, sure. And there were a couple of weird, weirdly constructed sentences in there. That wasn't Joe's reading. <laughs> 
reading. So that's probably why I was stumbling over it too when I was reading. Sorry, Dave. We will get the uh, lowdown for sure from him when he comes on the show. But um, yeah, so I just want to do, I thought this was worth pointing out because you kind of hear some authors talking about the cliff on Amazon. Well, you get a big boost in sales in the first, then there's like the 30-day cliff or it's the 60-day cliff or the 90. Nobody could ever agree. And I think this uh, kind of, and it con- confirms kind of my beliefs and my experiences. I've had this happen with some books, some book ones of a new series where it did well. I was able to keep it like in between maybe 100 and 200 in ranking in the Amazon store. And this is all Amazon centric guys. So uh, we don't know if this is happening on the other bookstores. Um, but with books where I was able to do that for a couple of weeks and then they just kind of took off and they stayed sticky for a longer time, long after I was done you know, promoting to my newsletter. And some of this was even before I got more heavily into Amazon ads. And usually Amazon ads only adds a little bit. It's really hard to just push, get to this level of sales that you need for this kind of thing, uh, just based on sort of the pay-per-click ads by themselves. But I've seen, then with other books, I've seen it to much lesser extents or kind of not at all. And you could tell like, this is one that maybe they it didn't do as well. So they didn't give it as much of a push. It wasn't quite what the market was looking for or something like that. Um, one where I had like the really good luck with my hair was my heritage of power series, which was a spinoff of my dragon blood series. When I've talked about how, even though that series is not in Kindle select, it's not exclusive. That series has always done well for me, but so I've, I've seen this in play. And so I, when people kind of poo poo it, I'm like, no, no, it's really a thing, but it's not going to work with every book. And honestly, if you can't give it a pretty good push at the beginning, it's probably not going to work to the extent that you hear people talk about it. I've had it work to a lesser extent earlier on in my career when I didn't have as many fans and readers. Like I remember uh, Balance on the Blade's Edge. I put that out at like two ninety nine. That was a fantasy romance kind of thing. And it, it stuck in like the top 1,000 to 2,000 in the store for a while, which for me was, was good at the time. And I, again, it was beyond me pushing it. That was before AMS ads, Amazon ads were even a thing. And I don't think I was doing Facebook ads at the time either. So I've certainly had it, like I said, not work with every book. So that's why it's no guarantee, but it's, I feel like it's worth playing the game, like giving it a shot because it can be tremendous money from that long tail. If you're able to get the ball rolling and Amazon kind of keeps it rolling. And this is why I cringe a little bit when people say they're just going to release their books and then wait till they have more books out to start advertising and pushing them. And Andrew, I know you're going to rebut this because Andrew's like, I got to do it. That's how I do it. And you know, that's fine. That's totally people's choice. But I always, I, I guess what I cringe is when people advise other people to do that. Because if you have the time and energy and you have a little money to put in advertising and you want to do mailing list swaps with other authors, things like that, it's like I said, it's not a guarantee, but if it works, it's really like, wow, that's all of a sudden kind of a game changer, at least for a few months with the kind of income you could be bringing in, especially if you do have more books coming out in the series afterwards. So I, that's why I usually advise people just take a stab, even if it's your first book, you know, do everything you can within reason at launch. Don't take out loans or <laughs> rack up credit card debt or anything to throw a whole bunch of ad money at something that's not proven yet. But you know, if you do what you can and, uh, you know, if uh, you don't have the energy for that when it comes to a launch, you know, maybe that might be a time when it makes sense to save the book until you have got more out and you do have more time and energy that you can kind of devote to the launch of book one. 
Uh, and the, the whole point of that is just to say that you're, it's never going to be easier, at least on Amazon, to get things rolling and sell a lot of copies of a book than during that launch period. I've, I've run sales later on and tried and given it like a big push. And it's not that that can't help. It, and it can certainly like kickstart something and get it selling a little bit. But I, I've never seen anything take off to that degree as it, it possibly can at the launch. Again, if you're kind of written a book that really resonates with the market. All right, you guys can <laughs> give your thoughts on that. Um, because my earnings haven't been super high of late, it's always a little difficult to tell if a lackluster launch is due to just the generally lower tide created by my other books versus lackluster launch tactics. That said, uh, while I usually don't have a rapid enough release to consider holding off on advertising book one until I have books two or three out, this time I did, and the launch wasn't substantially improved by doing a soft launch of book one and a bigger push a month later when book two came out. Now, again, that's potentially evidence that uh, any read-through boost I got from having something to, for, to funnel readers to uh, was sort of eaten up by the fact that I wasn't getting that honeymoon effect on the first book. Or it could be that I just didn't have enough readers overall to get any sort of algorithmic bump. So again, when you have much larger, it's the larger your numbers, the larger your data set, the easier it is to make a determination on this thing. So you get a lot of noise in a smaller launch. So I... I typically will put a little bit of advertising behind any launch. Uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the question answer section. But um, I probably will continue to do it. Like, let's say I probably won't hold off on advertising book one at least a little bit uh, in the future because I feel like it, it's not a huge investment and I didn't see a huge uh, increase in holding off in the, in the past. Joe, I love how your headset like creates like this little gap between <laughs> your head and the background. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so I've always noticed a small bump sometimes, sometimes a big bump when I've released books and having it confirmed definitely makes me wish I could focus on bigger launches. Um, I don't know. I mean, you guys all know that like my life is always constantly crazy. Like if I waited to release a book until I had time to make a big push, I would, I wouldn't release very often still. And it would be like, I would release like three or four books at the same time. Um, but and this is like where I'm like, my, my experiences are so different from other people's. Like, I don't, I don't understand why does it go differently for me? Because the launches where I pushed hard, even on books that have hit the market well, have not done nearly as well as big promotions I've run on the same books after my series have been pub published for a while. Um, so I'm grateful, uh, that I've been able to get so much movement on old books. Um, but I don't understand. I, re I really don't understand. Like my biggest promotions are the ones that have, um, <clears throat> Um, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but my biggest promotions have always done better than my biggest launches and like by huge margins, like huge, huge, huge margins. And so I'm like, maybe I just don't have enough confidence in new releases. Like, cause a lot, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the sites require you to have a certain number of reviews. And even if I have a certain number of reviews, um, I, I, I don't know. I still don't, I still don't have a lot of confidence in my newest books. And so I just, I wait until it hits the market until I can, you know, see how people react to it. And then I tailor all my advertising based around that, what I learned from that. So anyway, I do things backwards. I'm not ashamed of it. It's, it's worked for me. I do wish that I could figure things out though. So I could just, you know, be more in with the cool people. <laughs> Well, I, I want to add too that I feel like it's kind of soul crushing when you throw everything at it and you really do have like a 
good size newsletter and you do swaps and stuff. And it doesn't really take off the way you see, like when other people release at the same time as you and there goes, they shoot straight up to the moon and you're like, huh. <laughs> and I don't think they, they tell you like, Oh, I didn't even barely try it. I just emailed my list. And you're like, you get the daggers. Um, so that is tough. And like I said, I, have done this often enough now where I've seen it both ways where it, you know, my, my epic fantasy that I launched in April, you know, it did okay, but I didn't feel like it really had a big, uh, you know, didn't, uh, have like last year, uh, the heritage of power series was 2018. Last year I did the book one and I've death before dragon series, sinister magic, right. As COVID was starting out. So I thought it totally flopped, but it did have like a pretty good first couple of weeks where it stayed up there. That one was 99 cents. So that's always something to factor into. It's always going to be easier to get those 99 cent sales. And if you have book two at full price coming right after that can help. Um, but so it's, it's kind of hard to tell always, you know, going ahead, is this one really going to do well or is it not? And, and sometimes they just do not no matter how much you think you know about what the market wants. <laughs> Usually it's the ones you don't expect to do that great that um, can kind of surprise you. Or that's my experience anyway. Maybe people that are better at being calculating and have really got it nailed down. Really, you know, honestly, if you just, the people that read tons and tons in the genre and like really see what's doing well, they've probably got a, a much better shot than someone like me who kind of bounces around this week. I'm reading sci-fi romance next week. I'm reading nonfiction. You know, I'm, I'm not uh, stocking top 100s for the subgenres I write in. All right. But we did promise you to talk about advertising. So let's jump into that topic now. Do you need to advertise as an author? There's our first question here in 2021 as we're recording this. Um, so this, just to preface this, this is all geared towards independent authors, self-published authors. If you were traditionally published, I would not spend money on advertising at all. The math is not in your favor uh, because the publisher is taking too much of a cut for you have to earn back what you spend. Hopefully they are spending money on it. And that should be the case. I see traditional publishers uh, getting book bub ads for their authors and like so uh so this is kind of geared towards uh, indie authors and you know some of the basic things you even if you're a trad publisher you know you want to get a, a website you want to post on the social media places of your preference hopefully where your readers are and get a mailing list and you have to pay a little bit for those things but i wouldn't pay for anything else uh you can do like group promotions and things with other authors the newsletter swaps we were talking about things that uh, don't cost a lot of money and, uh, but for indie authors, it has definitely gotten to the point where it's tough to be seen without advertising. So if you have money and can at least dabble in it, I would recommend it. You know, there's very inexpensive books out there, uh, on Amazon ads and Facebook ads. And of course, if you're feeling wealthy, there's some excellent courses. Uh, of course, Mark Dawson, we, we're not affiliates, but that's a big beefy course, like everything you could possibly want to know. I, I, I did parts of it last year. I kind of jumped around. It's actually overwhelming how big it is. So, but yeah, he's got everything in there at this point now. So if you want to do that route too, but you could just start out with like a full 99 book off of Amazon or wherever and get started and tinker around a little bit. But 
you know, and if you do not have, you know, like I would, we were talking about this whole thing on Dave Cheston's blog, how the honeymoon period is most, you're most likely to get an extra boost around the launch. So if you have limited funds, I would wait it towards the launch is at two weeks right around the release of the book. You know, you're going to try to stagger it. Hopefully you're getting a newsletter built up, email those folks. Hopefully you're getting Facebook or whatever social media kind of built up a little bit, post on there, maybe the next day. And if you can get a few posts, uh, we'll talk about too, not everything's Amazon ads. There's also all the sponsorship sites still. E-Reader News Today, Robin Reads, uh, Book Barbarian for Sci-Fi and Fantasy. If, uh, if you're feeling rich, you can try to get the BookBub new release one. They're very choosy with that one. And uh, that's more expensive than the other ones. But a lot of the sites will allow, will advertise new releases as long as you have other books that have a good review rating. So you don't have to have reviews yet on the book when you submit it. But yeah, so kind of do those things. And then you might want to jump in and try to get some ads going at the same time. And if you get to the point where you're consistently making money from your books, you can also keep some ads running all the time. Like maybe it's only five or $10 a day. Um, but I, you know, that can make sense if by doing that, you're able to earn 10 or $15 a day, you know, ideally you want to cover that and put some money in your pocket. But as far as whether or not you don't have to advertise at all, we'll talk about this a little bit in the next section, but just realize that it's going to be tough. You're really going to have to grind and kind of figure some stuff out. I always recommend giving away free books <laughs> because those are kind of a way to, there's, there's still people out there looking for free books that um, are not being advertised for the most part. So they're not being served necessarily by, by the ads they see. All right. Uh, Joe, do you have any thoughts on, do you have to pay for advertising? Sure. I, I can say pretty confidently that over the course of my career, I've probably spent the least on advertising out of this group. Uh, and I'm certainly not bringing up the charts, but uh, you know, I, could, I could benefit from more ads and a better ad strategy. But I exist as evidence that you can get by on very little advertising, but it sort of depends upon a handful of things. You need to have developed a degree of following, either by having some lucky you know, windfalls in the past or just slow, steady build. Uh, you should have a deep catalog. So you've got a lot of long tail going to keep you afloat, uh, you know, in between book releases. And you need to take, you know, take full advantage of whatever promotion that you do. Uh, you know, you're going to get sales bumps off of, uh, either lucky bits of promotion, like blogs picking up your book or the actual promotion you do. And you need to really, you know, take advantage and find ways to, to, uh, hold on to those readers who've discovered you, which, you know, links in the back for newsletter and all that. For several years of my career, including my three most profitable years, uh, my promotion was limited to a single BookBub feature per year uh, and one boosted post per book release. That was the entirety of my promo. Uh, hitting a, a, a niche and, and putting out books semi-regularly with a dash of good luck has given me over 10 years of income, seven of those years full-time income. And again, I, to this day, don't usually have an ongoing ad strategy. So you can absolutely uh, have a career without advertising, but it is a hard scramble existence sometimes and getting good at ads is by far preferable. I agree with that. I love doing ads. They're really fun. Um, so advertising and running ads like my own and the various websites and putting together big promotions is basically what I do. Um, I don't have as much time as I used to, obviously, but I'm almost always planning my next big event. And those events just make me so excited. Like I... There's nothing I love more than nothing. I love more <laughs> nothing. I love more <laughs> than, um, 
planning a big event, including like the lead up, the the promotion, like newsletter swaps. And the way I usually do it is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll set things up so that I'm having my smallest websites, um, have, have them deliver the book first and then leading up to the bigger ones as much as I can control that. And I include newsletter swaps throughout that. And I include Facebook ads throughout that so that none of those are, you know, lurking variables or whatever, just the same thing all the way throughout. And, um, anyway, so I made my six figures a year by being smart about marketing. I realized early on that I consistently wrote books and chose genres and ages and markets and all of that. I mean, I just did things wrong. <laughs> and I, I, I just, um, <clears throat> I made it a lot harder than it needed to be. And, um, I found that I would never be able to release quickly as like my friends were or in the same genres as them, anything like that. I mean, middle grade fantasy compared to contemporary romance, there's a huge difference in that muted my mic to cough. There's a huge difference in audiences between those two. Anyway, so um, if I wanted to make money as an author, I needed to learn how to market. And once I got a taste for success, I was hooked. I mean, like hooked. And I found out later that my mom loves marketing and that she wanted to major in marketing, but her mom wouldn't let her. <laughs> oh, parents, they're so controlling. Um, anyway, so I love planning big events that happen when I release the last book in a series or when something big happens in the world or when a random holiday is coming up. Like for Arbor Day, I arranged a multi-author event for fantasy books that specifically mentioned trees. And I would do this regularly in the past for lots of different random holidays. It was a lot of fun. Um, and so I recommend you get creative with this sort of thing and find authors in similar situations who write your subgenre and get them involved with you. Um, even if it doesn't result in a ton of downloads, it helps other authors start to recognize your name, which leads to future opportunities where they may decide to pay it back. And honestly, <clears throat> some of my best author events where, like, I think I talked about this one before, where I got together with about eight other authors and we all shared our books with each other's with our newsletters. And that was a really big event for us. It went really well. Um, most of those authors were ones that I had promoted in a multi-author event in some way. And so to start small, you know, work with, um, work with what you've got, get to know authors and just, just, you know, work with other people and have fun with it. Anyway, that's, that's my answer. Right. And we're going to now go into the topic of what if you can't afford any advertising and um, just playing off what Andrea said, a lot of times if you're willing, like if you're a newer author and you don't have a very big mailing list, people aren't necessarily going to be courting you and saying like, Hey, Andrea, come sign up for this. Let's do a you know, multi-author box set of our book ones in the fantasy tree subgenre. <laughs> but um, if you volunteer to do the organization, and handle everything a lot of times I can kind of get you in the door with authors that are ahead of you as far as uh, more books out more readers that kind of thing but uh, to realize you know and I don't I don't want to say you can't make it today without advertising it's harder like when the three of us got started there actually weren't really any advertising options so it was frustrating in a different way whereas you either hit it off hit it out of the blocks. I don't know. What's the expression? Something like, like you either did well because you had a really cool cover and you, you had a good blog and it was kind of what the market wanted, or you were just struggling that, you know, let me try to make it free. Let me see what I can do to, to get some people to find my book because there is no way to advertise. So it's almost the same. Whereas today, if you don't have those things and you don't have the money, you're really frustrated because you see people like there's their ads and there's their books selling really well. So obviously it must be a result of the ads, you know, 
possibly they're helping. But to some extent, it's like what Joe was talking about, where some of it is just authors have built up a fan base over time. So they're getting a good boost right out of the gates. That's the expression. <laughs> um, so what, what can you do, though, if you don't have a lot of money to spend? This is where I really like to suggest, and I would suggest doing this even if you do have money to spend on ads, because it's really easy to burn through money really quickly, especially with the pay-per-click kind of stuff. So write the prequel slash tie-in short story novella, et cetera, that goes with your book or your series. Do invest in getting it a cover. You know, It can be a pre-made cover, less expensive, that kind of thing and having it edited and then plan to give it away for free with an excerpt in the back with a link to the you know book one that you're trying to sell the series and maybe do two two story tie-in stories like that or three uh, one can be to give away as a bonus to anyone who signs up for your newsletter so anybody who gets to the back of the book and says oh i totally want that thing about that one character and, and so they'll sign up maybe another story is just to give away for free in all the stores i've talked about before how that's kind of the first thing i did that started moving the dial was a, a tie-in short story that was for free on barnes and noble and smashwords because i didn't know yet how to make stuff free on amazon um but uh, and then maybe the third thing is uh, another story that you can either do as a bonus in like one of these group promos or newsletter swaps that you can find on Book Funnel or Story Origin or one of these sites. Or um, again, you could also say to other authors, "Hey, let's do an anthology, and I'll I'll do all the work and promoting, and you know, you guys might actually make some money off it if you make it like ninety nine cents. So your short story wouldn't necessarily have to be." for free but again the whole point of putting these together is to go at the put at the end of the story and you can check out we'll find out how these characters met why are they snipping and snarking at each other well you got to read the book and there's a link to the book so just more footwork that you know if you have a lot of money to spend on ads like you you can get away with doing less of that kind of thing but uh, all that stuff uh, will help you gain fans and and make you know put more content out there, more ways to discover you. So it's not a bad idea even if you do have money to spend. Do you guys have thoughts to add? Sure. Uh, there's a couple of minor advertising hits that don't cost anything and uh, like are legitimately advertising hits, but they both sort of depend upon you doing at least a little bit of minor groundwork beforehand and sometimes major groundwork, depending on, I mean, the more you do, the more effective it'll be. Uh, one of them is BookBub will do a new release alert uh, for a new book for free, but they, they, the new release alert only goes to people who follow you on the BookBub platform. Now, if you've ever had a BookBub featured ad, uh, which is again, very difficult to get and very expensive, but if you ever have, you probably have a ton of followers on BookBub because a lot of people just click, Oh, I like that book. Let me, let me, you know, be aware of others, but you can also just sort of solicit people like, well, put, make it one of your action items for people to follow you on BookBub. Just try to lead people to be BookBub followers. And then when you have a new release, they'll all get that new release thing. Amazon does this too. Amazon, I mean, I believe you still can follow authors on Amazon, uh, but I think Amazon also just pulls from a list of people who have sort of purchased your stuff before. So this is a little bit out of your hands. But again, this is a, a, a new release alert that goes out automatically. Uh, I know that Lindsay in the past has had that actually foil some of her advertising strategies by letting people know a little bit too early that a book was out. Uh, but again, those are automatically provided. Uh, important, you have to, in both of these cases, uh, particularly in the BookBub case, because it's not automatic, you have to actually add your book as soon as possible to the library on, on uh, BookBub. Uh, and you're, you're, 
basically, once you've done this, uh, you can start nudging people toward being, you know, following you on BookBub and Amazon, and then new releases will have an automatic hit. It's almost like a featured ad, except very, very targeted to people who already bought your stuff. Um, so again, work on it, but you know, it's advertising. The end. <laughs> okay. Um, so Lindsay's talk, I was going to say, Lindsay has talked about this in the past, but she just talked about it just now. So, um, if you plan an event or a box set specifically, and you arrange everything, you can approach bigger authors and ask them to put a book in it or whatever. And that's a fantastic thing to do. Um, and then, um, my advice is to <clears throat> put in the hours. Uh, if you don't have money, you need to put in time to get your, your book selling and not just work, but smart work. Um, also recognize that there's a reason more successful authors, um, uh, put money toward advertising instead. Uh, and that's because, uh, the time you do or the things that you do that you'll put time towards don't have as big of a, as a result. Sometimes a lot of the time at that as advertising would be, would do or would be or whatever, um, but you do need to start somewhere and getting a little traction where you aren't having any is, is exciting and can make a big difference. Uh, so like getting $50 of royalties where you would have only gotten $10 means you can pay for a website to help out the next time around. And then it's also moralizing, which is the opposite of demoralizing. <laughs> yeah, there, there's kind of comes a time too when it becomes not worth your time to do the little things that will only add a little bit of a boost. Like, you know, you're going to make more if you spend that time writing the next book and getting another book out earlier. But usually in the beginning, you don't have anybody buying your books. So it doesn't matter as much if you get a whole bunch of books out, you need to put the work into trying to get some readers and, and make some fans so that there will be those eager people waiting to buy your next book when it comes out. And once the ball gets rolling uh, farther along the way, maybe you get to the point where all you're doing for a new release of a book is email emailing your list and throwing up maybe some announcements on your social media sites and uh, starting some ads and, and you don't do a whole lot more than that. I generally at this point as a fairly prolific author do a lot of do more effort into book one of a new series and then for subsequent books in the series it's usually just mailing my list and emailing the the uh the people on my list <laughs> which I just said twice and also doing like Facebook posts uh but uh, I will say too, uh, with Joe's comment on the Amazon thing, they seem to be kind of erratic whether they send out something or not. But it, it does come, it is triggered, I believe, just by the follow because I have some authors that, you know, how you stalk people from time to time because they're doing well in your genre or whatever and you want to see what's going on there. I've followed people before that I've never actually made purchases from and Amazon will happily send me uh, new the new release alerts. Interestingly, they I think I may have it turned off in my settings somewhere, but I don't get new alerts from like authors I've purchased a lot from, but have not followed. So I don't know. It could just be me. Could be, I turned something off somewhere because I was like, I don't want any more email from Amazon, <laughs> but uh, moving on. So how much should you be spending? This is kind of something that comes up often in forums and stuff and argues authors like to argue about it. Assuming you do have some money to spend in ads, you know, assuming you're making some money from your books and you want to know how much you should be reinvesting back into the business. I'm just going to say, I don't think there's a right answer here. I've seen successful authors say they spend 500,000 a year to make a million dollars a year. And I've seen successful authors say they don't spend hardly anything. This seems to be more viable if you write quickly and you've gotten something new in the stores every month, but you should experiment and see what works for you. Again, I, 
there are very not many cases where I think it's a good idea to like rack up a credit card bill to you know try to finance your new release. Uh, an, ex- an exception would be somebody who is already selling piles. What you know, it, like it took off. You had that. You got lucky with, or you were so smart that you had something kind of take off organically, and you want to boost it to try to keep it going. And you know you're going to get that money in two months because of the way things work, obviously. So that could be an exception, but. Um, yeah, in whether or not you should do it, it's just, uh, how much you should do. It's really up to you that, cause you know, we had that interview with Sean Inman, uh, he was doing well, but then advertising was something that helped him take it to the next level and start making more, you know, kind of more than he was spending just on the ads. Like he was spent X and made X plus Y or whatever extra. So that's something where you can be worth experimenting with, even if you haven't been spending much. Uh, as for how much we spend or how much I spend, these last couple of years, I've been spending more because I've started leaving Amazon ads running all the time. I used to do them around the launches of a new series and then kind of let them run for a couple months and then just turn everything off and focus on finishing the series and writing the, the next thing. And um, so it's gone up for me from about 5% of my gross income to about 10% of my gross income. And it's actually, since almost all my ad money goes towards Amazon.com, uh, you know, I've experimented with the other stores and not gained as much traction or not seen as much as a result, or just been a little bit lazy and not gotten all that into like tracking it obsessively and following up as, as, as obsessively as in the dot com store. But so because of that, it's probably more like 15% is going towards 15% I'm spending on um, what's actually coming in from that particular spot, amazon.com on ebooks, because I barely spend anything next to nothing on advertising audiobooks, and those have become a decent source of income. So um, I am fortunate that I make good money, you know, gross good money from the books. So it's actually probably more than you would think that you're like, oh, 10%, that's not much. Like if you were making less and you spend 50%, you know, that sounds like a lot, but it, it's probably numerically less. So I I now spend more on ads than I ever spent at a day job before I became an author. So there's that. It feels really weird. I have to remind myself I'm a business. I'm not just like a person. I mean, I am a person, sort of, possibly an android or something. I don't know. Alien from another planet. Um, but I will say since I have started leaving ads running all the time, I the dips are less extreme. Like it kind of can help things that a newer series kind of continue to sell a little better or longer. But at the same time, spending more hasn't resulted in me in blowing resulted in me blowing past my all-time highs by a lot as far as earnings per year. Like last year was a I think my best year you know, gross and slightly my best year net too, but I attribute it more to lots of releases last year in a series that did pretty well rather than my brilliance with running ads. Cause we all know that is not a thing. Um, again, just be careful with overspending, you know, since we get paid, we know kind of two months out how much we're going to get paid, but I I'm always terrified. Cause I've been in this long enough now to have seen numerous people get kicked off of the platform with like no recourse. So you don't want to have spent 20,000 on ads banking on getting that money and then they're just like oh sorry we believe you you know you've somehow triggered our algorithm and you know hopefully only the people get kicked out that we're actually doing something fishy but there are certainly people who will say staunchly that they were not and that it just uh, something was going on that was beyond their control i do not know i don't judge 
Um, I will say that I think that after time, you probably will not need to spend, say, 70% of your gross on advertising because eventually you're going to have a big enough fan base uh, that you're going to get a lot of your sales basically for free because you're going to have people that come into the new stuff and then go read the back stuff. And, you know, you don't have to pay to advertise that to get those sales. So that doesn't cost you any money. Um, but, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that. I will pass it on to Joe. Uh, I mean, the short answer for how much you should be spending on advertising is less than you make from advertising. Uh, it's a two-pronged problem to solve, though. First, you have to learn how much you're making from advertising. And it doesn't. it's not as simple as looking at what Amazon tells you. And it's simpler to look at what Amazon tells you than everything else, every other kind of advertising, because Amazon's one of the only ones that can definitively say whether or not an ad led to a sale. So figuring out how much you're making from, from advertising can be really tricky. Uh, it's a lot of trial and error. Uh, you're going to be doing a lot of record keeping and it's going to take a lot of patience. You're almost certain to lose at least a little bit of money on advertising in the very beginning because even following all the best advice, you're probably going to be doing some A-B testing. A-B testing by definition means you're going to be running twice as many ads as you expect to run and half of them are going to underperform. Like you're going to choose the ones that perform best and put more money into those. That's A-B testing. So, uh, yeah, like when I say you need to be making more money than you're spending on advertising, that's not true at the beginning. At the beginning of any ad campaign, you're probably going to be losing money. So now you have to calibrate your ad campaign to make up the money you lost at the beginning of the campaign. So uh, it can get tremendously complex. And really, uh, I think the first step toward anybody's uh, ad strategy is to get really good at determining how well advertising is performing. Because if you have that skill, then you can actually make a successful ad campaign. Whereas if you don't have that skill, you might not be making money even when you think that you are. So figure out record keeping and, and then figure out advertising. I concur. I just watched um, Catch Me If You Can. Do you concur? I concur. Why didn't I concur? Ah! <laughs> uh, such a great show. Uh, and this is where I get, I'm going to get on a soapbox guys. Okay. There's absolutely nothing shameful in advertising. There's nothing shameful in putting 50% of your money to it or 10% or 70% because every business needs advertising for people to find out about it. Like Joe just said, you know, you, you can't start, you have to like do something in the beginning. You can't just expect people to find you without you doing something and putting some money towards it. Um, uh, the same is true for authors. I'm tired of people saying, yeah, he made six figures on his books, but how much of that did he have to spend to get there? That's called jealousy and it don't look good on anyone. <laughs> um, but basically shaming authors who are successful and assuming right away that they had to spend a ton of money to make any money. That's, it's just really annoying. I see that a lot. Um, I mean, people post in, you know, like 20 books, 50 cam, get, I'm making this much and, and this is how much I'm putting towards advertising. And people, I, I always see these little snide comments like, yeah, I mean, gosh, he had to put like 30% to advertising. He had to put 50%. I'm like, guys, it doesn't matter. He's making an ROI. That is the whole point of advertising. Um, but that said, I would bet that there are ways to get our ad spend down while still making good money. Um, it might require taking a serious look at our craft to see why people aren't buying without significant investment on our part. Or it might be that our books would do well that do that well anyway. And you, we don't need to put as much money towards advertising. And then sometimes it just, there's like this big hurdle we need to jump over to get to the next, the next, um, uh, the next bracket, like Lindsay was talking about with Sean Inman, um, he had spent a bit to get up to the next bracket, but then he got up to the next bracket and he was making more money. And so it, it made it 
all worthwhile in the end. So you just experiment around. Don't be afraid to switch things up unless you know something is working really well. And then pay attention to what other authors in your subgenre are doing. And I think I've recommended this before, but go and like authors fan page. Just go like a bunch of people in your subgenre, their, their fan pages on Facebook. And then Facebook will eventually start targeting you with those indie authors. You know, like I get targeted by Mackenzie Westerface's ads. And, uh, what is her last name? Um, I can't remember. Uh, and Lindsay Hall and things like that. And I love that because I love seeing what they are doing with their ads because that helps me, you know, with mine. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely seen people post on forums that, um, like they, they see somebody's like, Oh, I made 500,000. Well, that person must've spent 400,000 in order to make 500,000, but they don't seem to realize, well, if, even if let's say, even if that was true, which is probably not, where'd they get the 400,000 from? some of the success of previous books, none of us, 99% of us are not like trust fund babies. Even if those are the people that lose all their money the quickest when they start advertising, it's actually better if you start when you, before you've made it big, because each dollar counts. So you're really going to like be paying attention. What is the average cost of sales? You know, am I doing this right? It's worse when you have more money because you just throw it at the, you throw it out there and you're like, eh, whatever, you know, there's 20,000. Well, I guess that one didn't work very well. Uh, so it's actually start earlier if you can. I will say I never break even complete. Like, um, I never am able to, the way Amazon works, especially maybe in Facebook too, where you're paying like 30, let's say you're paying 30 cents a click or realistically, if you're in a more expensive genre, it's a dollar a click, right? Or maybe even more for romance. Um, you're not going to make every click. Let's say you get one in 10, one 10, or you're really good. You get one in eight, one in eight clicks turns into a sale. There's no way you are making breaking even like uh, on ads, like for that book. But because through your advertising efforts, A, you've probably got a series that can go on and buy. It. And B, you're, if you're doing enough, spending enough on ads, you're also probably staying in the top 100s for your subgenre or in, and in the also bots of other books. Uh, like Dave Treston was talking about in his article, you're probably ranking higher for keywords. So because you're spending that money on ads and if they're doing pretty well, you're probably also getting a lot of organic sales from as a result of that. That's a little harder when you're spending maybe $5 or $10 a day on ads you have to experiment, you can see, but you can tell, like when you go into your book report thing, you know, am I making this many sales? And then can I attribute all those to ads in the dashboard? Probably not. You're probably getting some organic ones too. But uh, so sometimes it can be, instead of like obsessing over the average cost of sales, just kind of look at, you know, I'm spending whatever, $1,000 a month to advertise this book. Oh, that particular book is making $1,200 over on my dashboard. Excellent. I'm ahead. That's kind of how I do it just to simplify things. Uh, since I always write in series and then everything after that going on, I know is basically gravy. So that's one way to simplify it and not make yourself too crazy. But if you love the spreadsheets and <laughs> really getting in there, go for it. I, you know, I, this is one of those things where I, I'm in that window where like, I'd rather just be writing the next book because nothing will ever have as good a return on investment for me at this point uh, as writing the next book. Probably, you know, I'm still waiting for Netflix, you know, to come along and want to pick up one of my past series. So that might be more, uh, that might make me more, who knows, still waiting. All right. So next is our last little bit here and then we'll answer a couple of listener questions before wrapping up. So where do we advertise? This would be pretty short. Um, David Gogren has a good list of promo sites. Uh, DavidGogren.com slash best hyphen promo hyphen sites hyphen books. I'll put it in the show notes. I know you guys are like, what? Um, 
so he's got a good list of them kind of ranked like these are the tier one these are the tier two I regularly use uh, BookBub if possible. They reject me plenty and results have been kind of eh for me of late. So uh, I, I do it because it's still, even if the results aren't as good, that $500 or whatever, you, you know, it depends on your genre. It's usually, I usually get more out of that still than if I was paying per click uh, over on Facebook or Amazon ads. Uh, I, I like free booksy, uh, bargain booksy. Free booksy, I think is better. It has done better for me with a free one than um, a 99 cent one. Book Barbarian for sci-fi and fantasy, occasionally Fussy Librarian and Robin Reads. I think Book Barbarian and Robin Reads, both you got to, I want to say they're usually a couple months out. So you got to book those ones early if you want them for a launch or something. I Like I said, I'm, I usually have Amazon ads running. It's generally to a book one in a more recent series. Uh, for me, Because for me, the recent stuff is in KDP Select. So it's exclusive with Amazon. I can get the page reads and everything. It's just a little... It's not that you can't advertise uh, wide books uh, on Amazon, but I, I find it's a little easier to make it work to, um, like I said, get enough sales to have some organic ones thrown in there too with the stuff that is uh, also in KU. And occasionally Facebook ads. I've given up for now on <laughs> BookBub, the PPC, CPM, whatever you want, however you want to do it, they give you the option. I personally just am not any good at having to put together some graphical stuff for ads and I can never get them to convert well enough for me again. <laughs> it ends up being ridiculously expensive if you're bad at it. So I'm just skipping that one for now. Maybe someday I'll try it again. Um, but where do you guys, what are you guys doing right now? Uh, I refer to the same David Gogren list for, for my advertising. Uh, the only thing I really do with any level of consistency is Amazon ads. Around launches, I'll, I'll take a pick of uh, some of the things from the promo site uh, list and do that. I'll boost the occasional Facebook post, but I've shied away from doing Facebook ads uh, recently just because I had a harder time getting, well, harder time getting them to pay for themselves, but also a harder time. Uh, I liked the ease of determining the success of an Amazon ad versus the success of a Facebook ad because there's a more direct connection there. So I was just, as long as I was going to doing limited amounts of ads, I was going to focus on the ones that were easier to quantify. Uh, I had some success with uh, BookBub's pay-per-click ads for a while. I spent like three weeks going through and getting the correct, you know, comp authors and stuff and really honing in. And I, I made them profitable and I stopped doing it almost immediately. Not because I wasn't successful, but because I just don't advertise consistently. So I was like, all right, that's done. I'll do it again in the future. And I haven't gone back to it. Um, active advertising and advertising campaigns continue to be a struggle for me to do well and consistently. So uh, I'll probably continue working on Amazon ads as my pr primary for the uh, foreseeable future with you know, launches going to the, uh, the David Gogren list. Um, so um, I, I forgot to tell people in my news. Oh, Lindsay, more good news. I'm not locked out of my Facebook advertising account anymore. <laughs> Yay, life is going good. <laughs> um, so I was able to get in there and it's still getting 27, 28 um, cents per click, which it's not the best I've ever had. But I mean, for something that's been running for a year and a half now, I mean, that's really good. And I'm like, I've got like so many comments on that and like hundreds of likes. And like that thing is, it's like, it's my... It's my sweet little baby ad. <laughs> it's like it's run almost as long as my longest running ad, which went for almost three years. So, um, 
that's that's something that I mean I've I've heard a lot of the the Facebook gurus say gurus say you need to check on them every single day. I'm like I check on mine every few months, and I'm like oh look it's still converting. I'm like okay I don't need to worry about that again. And 28 cents per click. I've never had a, an ad run away from me. Like usually if it starts getting bad, it'll go to like 50 cents a click, and that's still not killing the bank, you know. Um, anyway, so okay. That was a tangent. Sorry. Um, anyway, back to answering the question. So I use reading deals, um, ENT book barbarian, uh, Robin reads like basically a lot of the same that, um, the other two use fussy librarian book sense, book KBK nice, which hasn't really been good recently. So try it out. And if it don't work, don't do it again. Um, and I also do newsletter swaps and then run Amazon ads. Actually, Nolan runs Amazon ads for me. So I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, Facebook ads. And I know I have at least one book of ad that cost me on $3 a month. All in all, I spend about 200 to 300 on Amazon ads every month and 150 on Facebook ads currently. Um, I would like to be spending more than, than that on Facebook ads, but I just, I, I need to actually sit down and analyze and then put up a new ad. And, and it just takes time for me to figure out if the ad's working, if it's converting and then, you know, let it run for a little while. And I don't have a, I like running ads to free books. I occasionally will run to a box set and that does well for me, but those ones tend to go sour a lot easier than the free books do. Um, and my Kalenia Chronicles books one through four box set is a perma free. And that's the one that's doing fairly decently right now. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I'm doing with, with advertising right now. And yeah. Yeah. The last time I had a Facebook ad do it really well and I don't play with them that much. They've gotten more complicated as far as like, you used to be able to do a boosted post. And I know the gurus out there, gurus out there was like, Oh, not the boosted post, <laughs> but you used to be able to like really target the audience interest and really nail down. And now they just want you to go to the ads manager and <laughs> Do like a real ad if you're going to do all that stuff. I was like, oh, never mind. It's like before it was just a, like, I'll do this on a whim kind of thing, a boosted post. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm just not that into it. You know, I had five minutes. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to go all up in that ads manager. But um, I, I will say maybe a comment on Joe's thing is that I find it pretty hard to start from nothing and get ads to really, really kill it. You know, as far like it's much easier if you kind of like well, I guess we we're talking about if you do it at the launch, or if you do it after like a maybe stacked promos, you know, of uh, this this sponsorship sites we were just talking about. It just seems like if you can get the book selling, then it's that much easier. Then you're not like having to hand sell each click of the ad or each sale from a click of the ad or the only sales you're getting. That's hard. It's really hard to get your money back you have to be bidding quite low and some people can make it work, but it becomes a bit of a, like, how much time are you investing in this in order to only spend $5 a day and make it work? And would that time be better off writing the next book? So that's always, always a thing you have to consider. All right, let's do a couple of listener questions before we wrap things up. First one is from Linda. What do you do about advertising later books in a series? Aside from my newsletter and social media followers, is there any way to alert readers who haven't followed me but who have bought the first book in the series that the new one is out? I find the longer it is between books, the more difficult it is. 
Um, as I mentioned earlier, Amazon does sometimes do automatic mailings for people who picked up other stuff in your series. Uh, apparently, it can be turned off, or apparently, it's uh, it's only going to happen for things that are particularly successful. But that is one way that someone who picked up something earlier in your series might find out find out about something later in your series. Other than that, if they're not following you on social media and they're not on your newsletter, it is really very difficult to get in contact with people who even even people who liked your books. Uh, that a new one is out. So uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of an unsolved thing. When it comes to actually advertising uh, later books in the series, I don't usually advertise later books in the series. I'll maybe do the launch push, but even then, my advertising all directs to the, fir- to the first book in the series. And I just sort of hope that the added uh, attention on me makes that more effective uh, so that people will filter through. Um, yeah, pretty much your newsletter and social media followers is where it's at. Um, if you have a large enough fan page, you can create a, an, an audience of them on Facebook and run ad Facebook ads to them. Also, if you've been running ads for a long time to the same audience on Facebook, you'll eventually have readers who've converted after finding your ads. Um, and you can run an ad to the first book in your series, but have the ad copy mentioned that such and such book is out. Um, honestly, the best way though is going to be through your newsletter and advertising book one. Uh, readers from the past who've loved your books will come across those ads and out of curiosity might click to see if they've read the newest book. Um, yeah, I would say I do sometimes see people on Amazon advertising like book eight in a series. And I kind of assume that that's who they're targeting is the, the readers that are not, you know, it's great. The, that's why we say like start a newsletter, try to get everybody on your newsletter, at least try to get them to follow you on the social media sites so that you have a way to alert them. Um, but if you, you have to kind of decide how much trying to find that person is worth. You know, but if they happen to see your ad for book eight and you know, a lot of those latest series and they're like, wow, I only read book f- up through book five and I like that series, you might snag them that way. I don't know, Andrea, do you do anything with the tracking pixels on Facebook? I was wondering, I was thinking, I'm not sure how long those last in people's histories. I have a feeling it's only 30 days or something, but it's like you could advertise on Facebook that way to somebody that's been to your site, although there's no way to. You can do it on book funnel. You can put a tracking funnel, uh, tracking pixel in, but uh, Amazon's not going <laughs> to put a tracking pixel on your page, unfortunately. So I guess we need somebody who is a we're we're at the one hundred and one level for ads. We need the two hundred and one people to come in. How can I really effectively stalk my readers to let them know that a new book is out? Um, do you guys have any more thoughts on that? I don't use a tracking pixel. I used to, and then never did anything with it. It was on my website for like five years. <laughs> I just never did anything. All right, we'll just move on to the next question. And if anybody knows in the comments, wants to leave a comment, uh, more suggestions on the website or the Facebook group, that'd be great. Okay, next question is from Hannah. Should you advertise book one if you have nothing else out there? Some say to wait until you have three books out. Some say you should advertise even if you don't make a profit just to build up a reader base. Do you lose something if you just put it out there and wait to have other books until you start to advertise? Um, and this is sort of what this entire episode was about. I usually do at least some advertising on the first book. Uh, normally it'll be a smaller one punch things like boosted posts, featured posts, and like the uh, launch style stuff we talked about earlier. And then I start doing standard ads like Facebook and Amazon ads on book one after book two comes out, like sort of the, what I'll refer to as maintenance ads. I don't usually start until uh, book two comes out because the higher chance for income can offset the higher cost of running things a little bit more regularly. Um, honestly, at this point, it just depends on what, 
on you and what your expectations are and how your finances are doing. Um, building a readership is always a good idea, but only if it's through newsletter subscribers, because it's, it's too hard to keep them excited about your books. If you don't have a way to contact them direct, directly for subsequent books. Um, even then, I mean, still, it could still be hard to get them excited, but you build up excitement when, I mean, you just have to have a newsletter letter to build up that excitement for later books. Um, if your finances are okay, you could put book one up as a perm free, then run a five day, a $5 a day Facebook ad to it to generate downloads, which gradually lead to reviews. Um, you can also do that if you have a 99 cent book or a full price book. It's, it all depends on what your goals are, what your expectations are and what your finances are. If you don't have a whole lot of finances, then, um, ads process probably would not be a good idea just because it costs a lot of money to figure out how to do them. But say running like Book Barbarian or Robin Reads or ENT or something like that, that would work. Um, I don't personally do a whole lot of anything big with just with one book release, like I, my new pen name with the new series. I've only got two books out under there and I, I don't really want to run huge promotions just yet, just because I'm, I need to get through my surgery first. And then I'd like to start writing book two and you know, all that stuff. And now that my nanny's marrying my brother, I need to have somebody come in and help with the kids once or twice a week again for an hour or two. Anyway, so yeah. Right. We, we kind of talked about how it might be worth doing at the launch. If you haven't yet launched this for a couple of weeks, running some ads just to see, you know, if, if you do enough, if Amazon kind of helps you out. Uh, again, we don't really know. Dave didn't talk about the other sites. So I, and I couldn't say for sure that I've had a similar experience. I sometimes feel like, Books will stay sticky longer on some of the other sites after a promo, but I'm not sure that's kind of quite the thing is like how honeymoon effect at the launch. Um, I, again, it, maybe we'll try to get somebody from uh, the Wide from the Wind Facebook group <laughs> who's really studied up the other on the other sites a little more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to make money. It's hard to make the advertising work when uh, it's hard to make money. It's <laughs> just, just in general, it's hard to make money unless you can sell an NFT for your million dollars. Um, but yeah, with just one book, it's hard to come out on top. Like I was talking about earlier, you know, it's just often the sell through to the rest of the series. That's where a lot of people get positive. But um, yeah, if you have the money, you can experiment with it. Do make sure if you are going to advertise and you only have one book out to have a uh, sign up for your newsletter in the back. Again, if you can give them something to entice them, <laughs> you know, to get on the list better. And or I would say, and if at all possible, the pre-order for the next book up, even if it's a year out, because now you can do year out pre-orders, I think in all the stores. So uh, just to kind of lock them in and so they won't forget about you in the meantime, because uh, you want to not spend $10 to get a reader and only have one book out. But if you, you know, if you can get them into the series, keep the ball rolling, then in that case, maybe it's worth it. All right. Uh, next question is for Andrea to ask. Okay. Um, Lisa, that's the name of my sister. <laughs> it's not the same Lisa. What do you do when the ads or audiences you were using suddenly seem to tank out of nowhere? Uh, panic and despair is what I usually default to. Uh, when, you're, when your audiences that you've been sort of depending upon sort of go away, it, it can be a good sign that it's maybe a good idea to try a new series or to just go in a different direction. Just give your current readers who might be a little bit burnt out on your current stuff, uh, you know, a, a new thing to sink their teeth into or just to see if potentially you can reach a new audience. Uh, other times, it's a sign you should try revising your targeting on the ads that you've been using. Uh, just you can exhaust a, uh, a an, an ad um, population 
so yeah, if you if you just uh, look at your targeting, and honestly, it can still be good targeting. You just all of the people that that targeting applied to have either decided to buy or not to buy your stuff. And you could also try doing some cross promo. In this case, if you can get some, you know, another uh, readers, uh, another writer's audience involved, and you suddenly have a fresh new audience to pull from. So th that's uh, some some stuff you can do. Um, so I would recommend taking a break from that book or that series and advertise something else. Um, if there's nothing else to advertise, you can switch things up. So like change images and add copy and see if something new will spark interest again. But a lot of the time when this happens, it's because audiences get tired of seeing ads and every audience will eventually run its course. The first thing I would do, because I've had this happen before is go in and check and see if like what you're bidding, like it, Chances are from month to month, the max bids and suggested bids will change. Maybe all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's Urban Fantasy Month. And all of a sudden you had to bid 25 cents more to even get any play in that genre. So I would kind of check that. You may need to change the bids. And it's okay to go down too. Because sometimes I will find like, if, I, if you're getting emails from Amazon about how you're going over your budget... <laughs> Like every day, you're like, maybe I should try bidding a little less because they're showing those, they're going through those and I might be able to get away with spending a little less. Don't do what Amazon says and just go in and raise your budget because they will happily take your money. Um, but you could be spending a fortune on that. So just check the, the what the bids are going for, see if that's changed. And then you might have to, if you want to keep advertising that one, try targeting different audiences. Uh, maybe it's time to bring in a new keyword list if you're doing author keywords or, or book titles or whatever you're doing. And you may also want to just try new ads. Uh, this is especially if you're somebody that writes copy. Uh, I don't know if we're actually talking about Amazon ads specifically, but that's where my brain went. So if you write copy, maybe it's time to write some different copy, start a new ad, you know, start fresh. Yeah, in general, you know, it may be that... Uh, Again, I never know, you know, and I, I feel this way too. Like sometimes you'll, you'll get, if you just take a break for six months, like Joe and Andrea were saying, and come back to it, it'll be fresh again. It won't be all over the store and I'll get start getting more clicks. But there are so many people shopping in the Amazon store that I don't actually know if that's true. It's not like the same people come on every day. It's people finish the series that they've been working on for the last two months and then they come on. And so they're seeing something, even if they, you know, it could be a while since they saw it. So... But yeah, I, I do agree that sometimes it does seem to be like they're just everybody's seeing your book that happens to be shopping in that category that month. So that's just how it is. If you have another series, maybe try that for a while. Or if you have a box set or you're thinking I might put together a box set, maybe you turn off the ads to your book one and instead of start advertising the box set. Maybe you want to run a sale on that at the same time. So options all right uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say i think we're going to wrap because we've been over an hour so we'll we have so many questions on this topic we'll we'll plan to revisit this we have a couple of interviews coming up but we'll do a part two on, on this stuff the only thing i have to say is i turned blue anyway because i'm using only white lights <laughs> nothing warming in here <laughs> it's hard i've been like weirdly in the shadows from i have like dining room lights <laughs> Joe's always, you know, just fine with his cabinet behind him. All right. I guess Joe is nodding that he is ready to end the show. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for the questions in the Facebook group. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Joshua Pearson for producing the show. You can find the show notes or leave a comment or question at sixfigureauthors.com with the number six. Bye. -bye. See y'all later. So long, everybody. <laughs>